This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The final race of the 2023 Formula 2 season has come to an end and it went down to the wire to crown our champions. Welcome to Formula Talk, my name is Sophia and today we're here to discuss the Abu Dhabi F2 race weekend and any new news in the new driver lineup for next year. Joining me today we have Grid Talk co-host George Howlson. Hello. Hello Sophia, good evening, looking forward to this. Yeah, lots to cover, so much went on on in the weekend and then so many driver change-ups and the rumor mills already started for the Formula 2 and Formula 3 season. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss. Obviously, yeah, we had season ender in, in Abu Dhabi. That was suitably dramatic and t- typical F2 style. And now their attentions shift towards 2024 for F3 and F2. 100%. And before we get into this episode, we got to thank our sponsor, which is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use our your mobile device, ours, no, <laughs> use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-B, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And also, make sure you're following us on all our social media channels at Grid Talk UK to stay up to date with this show and also our sister show, Grid Talk, which covers Formula One. As mentioned, the final race came to an end and we had a handful full of drivers that also took place in the free practice session in F1. While some drivers were able to put the softs on and push for some great times, some of them supported the teams with their data collection. So before we talk about Formula Two, Let's just round up of how the free practice happened. Felipe Dragovic, time that was the highest rookie, rookie. The uh, Formula 2 2022 champion was coming in second behind George. He was in Alonso's Aston Martin this time around. Ferrari's Robert Schwarzman came in second in the rookies, finishing P8 in the Ferrari. Frederick Vesti, one of the 2023 title contenders, was in the other Mercedes, finished in P12. Jack Dewan in the Alpine finished P13. Other title contender, Theo Bocher, was in replacement for Zhou Guan Yu, and he finished P14. Pato Ward, who has been announced for the 2024 McLaren reserve driver position, was in Lano Norris's McLaren and was finishing P15. Jake Dennis was in Max's Red Bull. Would not want to be in that. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> he finished P16 alongside... Isaac Hajar, who was in the other Red Bull in P17. Zach O'Sullivan was in the Williams for Albon, finished P18, and Ollie Behrman was at the bottom in P20. However, there was the other hash driver next to him in P19 for Kevin Magnussen. What's your take of the rookie test? I think it's quite an interesting one, but some of these guys I wouldn't consider a rookie. Jake Dennis, for example, he is the reigning Formula Formula E champion. If Felipe, that makes a lot more sense. But 
Yeah, it's quite an interesting one to see. What's your take on it, George? Yeah, there's a lot of names that we know from a lot of different series. Pato Awards, the big one from IndyCar. I, you, you would not really call him a rookie in any sense of the word, but very impressive for him as well with that. And like you said, getting the, uh, the reserve driver status for McLaren, that's huge. I think the thing that's going to work against him, though, is the fact that you've got Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri in that team, as I have spoke about many times, being that McLaren's lineup for potentially 10, 15 years of how young they are. So it's like, where do you put him if he wants to come into F1? I mean, for a lot of these guys, it's going to be Oh, it's going to be a chance for them to get in the car, see how they do, the teams to see how they can go, like being consistent and all that, get some super license points, which is one of the most complicated systems that nobody really understands, but everybody tries to figure it out. The FAA allegedly know how it works, but that'll be a very good thing for them to try and get into a full-time F1 drive. I mean, Obviously, I've just actually got the I've just actually got the Autosport uh, report up here, and I've noticed that Mick Doohan has resurrected his MotoGP career and was in the Alpine. They've obviously got him mixed up with <laughs> Jack, his son. It's uh, like the Paul De Vries. I was in Formula One at the bottom of the standings <laughs> when it was Paul Aaron, but in a trident Estonian in Formula One. <laughs> Or it could have been the actor Aaron Paul. Who knows at that point, really? I, I won't rule anything out. Jesse's a man of many talents. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just note that. But yeah, no, it's great to see some of these guys do that. And obviously, get some experience in the F1 car. Yeah, and, and like you said as well, as well, the guy in the Red Bull for the Max Verstappen's car as well. That's a, that's a big that's a big thing that for Jake Dennis. But it's great to see someone else in FE get a chance as well because. I don't think Nick DeFries did that series any favours with his time in F1. So I, I hope someone can come from FE into F1 and be a success. Hopefully that doesn't muddy the waters for that series. So a lot going on there, obviously. Yeah, and you had some of the drivers move over to Formula E and we'll get into it as well because we, we have some of the junior series drivers actually switching from Formula 2 into Formula E for next season. Also as well, some of these rookies are taking place in multiple different postseason testings we have it was the f1 testing which was also the rookie testing postseason followed right after it starting today at the time we're recording which is the 29th of november it is the formula 2 postseason testing as well so lots of 100 getting some new data there's some new driver pairings for it to see how who's going to take those re- remaining seats because there's still some seats available for the 2022 season now, looking back to Abu Dhabi, in pole, Jack Zewin, in his final Formula 2 race of his career, he was able to take the pole. However, some th- key things to mention, Teo Porcher finishing in P14. He did say in the press conference that there was an issue in the car and could not push for the fastest lap. Alongside that, with the sprint having the reverse grid, Frederick Bessie, his other contender, was on the, is on, was on the front row side. Having secured P- P9 in quality, he was able to join with Enzo Fittipaldi for the sprint race. Owasa, as mentioned in the previous episodes, was in contention for the title. However, because he was he did not take pole, he was knocked out of contention. I believe he was like P6 or P7 in qualifying, so too, too much of a gap in the points for him to battle it out with Bestie and Teo, but... Did you catch any of the FT races in the qualifying? I know on a Friday, it's so difficult for us, for those at work. I have it like on my screen, on my TV, like next to my work laptop so I can watch it in between. But I was glued to it and watching, seeing Teo, I think he started P6 and then was just like tumbling down the order. 
towards the end and in the end finished P fourteen, which puts him out of the put him out of the reverse kind of grid order as well. Yeah, I must admit I didn't actually watch them live this time. I wasn't able to do that. Like you say, it's quite difficult when when we worked particularly on the Friday for the for the qualifying, but yeah, it was an exciting weekend overall for F2. Um, I did I did say that my bold prediction was Porsche not finishing the the sprint race. Didn't quite manage that. Still got seventh. Still got a couple of points. Managed to sneak in there. Did not have a particularly good weekend overall, but it was enough for him. Obviously, as we'll get on to. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the sprint race, I said it was going to go down to the wire, and it was as Vesti was able to convert a front row start to win the sprint in the pretty much closing the gap to Teo for 16 points going into the Sunday race. After dropping down to fourth, he was able to fight back and was able to take the lead with two laps remaining, winning his sixth race of the season and also getting the fastest lap. Enzo Fodipaldi came second and Richard Vashore was able to secure third. As mentioned, Teo Pochero was able to get seventh. He was able to get the last point, last bit of points as in the sprint race, only the top eight was able to get it. So was able to have some damage limitation given that he started P14. I enjoyed watching the sprint race. I think the fact, I would say the feature race was a lot more heavy compared to the sprint race. So we're going to go straight on to it. In the feature race, Vessi needed Taylor to finish P10 or lower. And him, him Vessi himself needed to get a podium and the fastest lap to secure the championship. While he was able to get the podium, he did not get the fastest lap thanks to Teo's teammate, Victor Martens. And also in the end, Teo finished P5, securing the gap needed to win the championship. Oh my god, it was down to the wire because Vessi wasn't even in P3. It went to like almost the last two corners. He was battling with Zane Maloney for that final spot and they actually collided and Zane Maloney actually spun. He was able to get back again and it was fine. But obviously, I didn't keep his key 16 or something down on the grid. But Vessi didn't have as much damage and was able to secure that last podium. But it was a race from pole. Duan was able to win his last F2 race. Uh, he actually had the most feature race wins than any other driver this season. Joining him was Victor Martins, as mentioned. Um, and was also able to get the Rookie of the Year award, Victor Martins, which was also attributed to the late Antoine Hubert. With the podium and tail finishing P5, ART was able to win the Constructors' Battle against Prema. Um, Ollie Behrman, who was also in battle with Victor Martins for the Rookie, actually DNF'd due to some edge problems and to pull into the pits and actually closed the pits briefly which was a big problem because some of the drivers like Vesti had to pit, needed to pit to change the tire strategies because some of them went on different different strategies. Some of them started on the softs, some of them started on the mediums and seeing which can go the longest. What was your take on it? I enjoyed it because I was like, it went down to the last couple corners with Vesti because I wasn't even t- uh, paying attention to Teo's position. It was more like Vesti could get podium and he could get passes because he pitted for the softs, in order to take the fastest lap, having started on the mediums compared to Teo, who started on the softs and finished on the mediums. Yeah, Vesti just had nothing to lose, basically. I think that was even a radio message at some point. You got nothing to lose, just go for it, mate. And he went for it. It didn't take any prisoners, unfortunately. Zane Maloney, a guy that I think I was going for a podium in my predictions for the feature race, which he could have got had he not had that collision. It ended up finishing the race, but well down the order, like you said, like the points. 
yeah, of course it's, it was nail biting, and I'm sure that poor Chef from his POV because he was sick at that time before Maloney fell down the order would have been thinking, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on here, I hope, because Vesti was just going for it, and but. At the front, it was relatively straightforward for Jack Doohan. He get he got third place. He went over uh, Ayumu Owasa in the in the driver's standings by the end of the season. So great for him. Great season for him overall. Fantastic. Great season for Vesti as well, getting all those wins with Porsche. Just the consistency. Just like Colapinto in F3. Didn't get that many wins. Porsche only with one win, and that was on the opening weekend. Didn't win for the rest of the season, but... Like a lot of things, it's consistency. Just being there with the podiums, the strong points finishes, that's what did it for him. And I'm so happy for him because he genuinely seems like a nice bloke. And he's so young. He's been in this series for a while now. And to see him get that F2 victory and see where he goes from there, that's the interesting thing as well. Where does he head? He's not heading to Alfa Romeo for next year or Sauber for next year as it'll become. So where's he going to head? Whatever series he's going to be, whether it's Super Formula or, or whatever, I'm sure he'll do very well because at the end of the day, he's bloody quick. And that's what counts most in motorsport. 100%. He was battling with Oscar Piastri and Felipe Djokovic over the seasons as well in Formula 3 and Formula 2. He had two retires and 10 podiums. As you mentioned, one win. He, he all the 24 rounds... 19 of them, he got some point one way or another. That's 80% conversion nearly. That shows how consistent, compared to Vesti, who actually had probably won the most amount of race wins the entire season, he just wasn't consistent throughout the season and it showed. But it was great to see. Watching him this season and even like how he speaks in press conferences as well, it was great. Very humble and very... I remember when it was the winner's press conference as well. It was just still understanding I'd actually won. He was just like still processing it all. And it was even after an hour after it happened. So to still walk away with it, I, I believe he probably will be the reserve driver for Alfa Romeo or Salva, I should say, as he is backed by them. But when it comes to actual racing, it could be another situation that both Felipe Djokovic and Piastri have dealt with in their careers, which is really sad to see which is why we need to get another team in to allow some of the drivers to gradually move up because after f2 winning f2 you can't stop there at the moment with limited seats available but we'll see but if you've loved this podcast as well we would love it if you would take five to leave us a five-star rating on spotify or a five-star review on apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72 percent of people who have not yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like, subscribe, share, or follow. Now, the season's over. What is your opinions? What is what has been your best moment? We will have a special episode of Formula Talk where we'll discuss everything of the F2 championship. But as a whole, if you could pick three words of the season so far, what would it be? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm biased because I, I went to Silverstone and I thought that weekend was fantastic for the support series. There was some, there, there was a lot of rain. There was some very hectic races there. Yeah. The thing about F2 is that it's so competitive. You, with the absolute greatest respect to the guy, you had Ralph Bosch on leading the championship after the, after the first round of the season. Now, you look at his results after that, he got a first and a second in Bahrain. After that, he hardly scored a point for the rest of the season, yet fell off a cliff. Uh, 2020, like the 2013 Pirelli's back in the day in terms of his performance. That's the thing. It's so unpredictable. And so you probably say something like unpredictable, exciting, 
I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and intense. Let's just say that because there's always something happening. There's always something happening. It's not. It's not like you've got a Max Verstappen in this series, like we just said. Porsche won one race this season. You've got Vesti who won six or whatever, being right behind him. You've got people as far down as the likes of Boshong and Clement Novelak. Hello, Clement Novelak winning a race in Zandvoort. What the hell? Yeah. But the thing is, when you've got these equal cars, this can happen. You can get a driver who just hooks it up around a track and just takes it by storm and nobody compete with them. Nobody can understand why that they're already spraying the champagne and lifting the trophy. So they don't, they don't care at that point. So that's what, that's what I'd probably say for, for F2 this year. Yeah, to be fair, I've been watching F2 for the last couple of years and I think this has been the most unique and interesting, I will say, because there were so many different battles and contentions and it could have gone either way. We had records broken of Ollie Behrman winning almost all the points in one single weekend in, in Baku. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments of the season so far. You had different race winners, different podium different people on the podium i think there's 12 to 13 different drivers on the podium at some point one way or another so it shaped out to be quite an interesting season and it made it more interesting to watch compared to f1 and i i hold my hand against that i say this quite often for those that think f1 is boring watch formula 2 and watch formula 3 because these drivers are willing to get to f1 and they're willing to get their elbows out and be in that champion mindset and want to go racing and will do the moves that you won't see in an F1 driver because like, oh, I'm in F1. Yes, I do want to win the driver's championship and the world championship, but I don't have anything to lose. Whereas these drivers in Formula 2 and Formula 3, they they won. They've invested so much time and money and everything. So it's always great to watch. And even other series as well, you see it in even the lower divisions, Formula Regional, Freca, Formula 4s, F1 Academy. I enjoy watching it a lot more than the F1 sometimes because it makes, especially the tracks that are boring, class-wise boring, i.e. Barcelona, France, where we used to race there. It was always so interesting watching the support series there because anything could happen, and I loved it. It was a great championship so far, so far this season. Looking at the constructors, though, ART was able to win with 353 points, ahead of Prema with 322. Carling, with a big drop, finished in P3, finishing 220. Dams finished P4, 214. And Vitrosi finished P5 with 176. Noticeably, there was one constructor that didn't get any single point, and that is PHM Racing. However, they did have a lot of drivers that took place. I think they had four to five different drivers in one season come through at one point or another. Let's look at the standings for the drivers. As mentioned, Teo did win ahead of Vesti. Teo finished with 203 points. Vesti finished with 192. As mentioned again, Duen was able to take third with that win in the feature race with 168. Oasa, 165. And Victor Martins, 150 again, making him the top rookie. Now, the top four have all left Formula 2 now, which is interesting, and a lot of them don't know where they're going. Teo, for example, the best is probably going to be back as, I wouldn't even say reserve driver, because that's still Mick as well, isn't it? Where would he go? I know he does sim developments. I see him on his Instagram all the time in the sim back at the factory, but where would he go? 
You don't know at this point. This is the thing. You've got Super Formula seems to be a popular one where they send the guys out to Japan and, and they compete in that. Things like WEC, like we've mentioned before, not as popular because it's such a different discipline, although there's obviously a lot you can learn there. Formula E doesn't seem like something they want to do because it's almost a backward step, really, with the greatest respect to that series. It's a difficult one. It's a really tough one. And like we said, it's all it's always been like, this has always never been enough seats and stuff, but it seems particularly bad recently. But you have to just bide your time. Simple as that. You've got to bide your time. Pierre Gasly, he didn't get his shot in F1 immediately after winning F2. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. He had to wait half a season or so until I think it was Carl Sainz left for Renault and that opened the door for Mattara Rosso back in the day. So you need to bide your time and be patient. But at the same time, if you just stick around, it's if you've not got serious backing, it's like you've got nothing to further to prove yourself because F2 is it is the road to F1. So it say, says it is. That is like meant to be the direct feeder series, but it's just difficult. It's difficult for these guys to get on the grid. The only seat that's not confirmed in F1 as it stands is Logan Sargent and Williams. He's most likely going to get it. So all 20 drivers in F1 will be racing for the same team as they did in 2023, in 2024 which is almost unheard of. And so you need to wait for somebody to do drastically bad and be lucky to get kicked out. And even then, it doesn't happen for you. you got Liam Lawson, obviously, getting a chance in AlphaTauri last year, but Daniel Ricciardo's going to be there next year, even though Lawson did a really good job. So it is really tough. I do feel for these guys, to be honest. It's like, where did they go? Because we're asking the questions. I don't even think they've got the answers. Yeah, we have some news of some of these drivers moving around, but it, it is tough, especially some of them that have been waiting for opportunities for years. Especially he's been in for, what, three, four seasons? You have Taylor that's in the second season, and obviously he can compete. Best he could have come back, but obviously if you're racing the same seasons, or the same discipline each season, and say if you perform badly, could that also hinder your ability to get a seat for F1 as well? Like, I think Bessie, this is obviously the highest, I believe, that he is one in the, not one, but stood in the championship. So this is a great season for him to have a foot in the door for F1. But if he was to do Formula 2 again next year and he finishes, what, P10? How bad would that hinder him getting into Formula 1 as well? Like, with drivers in Formula 1 having multiple year contracts, that also hinders as well. But yeah, some of the drivers moving. We we have Jahan, as mentioned before in previous episodes, he's moved to Formula E. Arthur Clark, it's still unsure if he's going to be in F2. However, it is rumored that he would go to GT3, but that is not confirmed. Owasa has moved on to Super Formula for next season. He is backed by Red Bull for that as well. Clement Oblak, who didn't race in Abu Dhabi, is also rumored to move to World Endurance after an impressive postseason rookie test in the LMP2 cars. He actually topped the timing sheets for that in the rookie test. Maybe it's a nice switch for him to have have a Frenchman back <laughs> racing in WEC as well. That'd be quite cool. But yeah, looking at the lineup confirmed and rumored so far, we have ART. Zach O'Sullivan has finally announced to race for ART. 
it's rumoured after a great bookie year, Victor Martens will be joined. Prema, as mentioned, Kimi, moving from Frecker after winning Frecker this season, will be racing, jumping from Formula, from Frecker to Formula 2. George, I, I don't think I've actually asked you about that. What is your take of the move? Because Kimi's not the only one. We also have Josh as well, who finished P19 in Frecker and has now moved to Formula 2. I understand Kimi, but with Josh, that's a big jump, and I don't understand how that's justified. Maybe it's a bit of desperation from PHM because, like you said, they were the one team that didn't score any points last uh, this year. So maybe that is a that is an odd one. That is a very odd one for sure. I don't know if he's got significant financial backing. I don't know if the entire state of Paraguay is behind him. I have no idea. It's a very unusual nationality to. To be an F2, but I'm all for it. I'm all for the variety, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But you think that Paul Aaron's going to be there somewhere, especially after he ended the season racing an F2 in Abu Dhabi. you got to look at some of the other guys. Obviously, Bortoletto's come up. Colpinto's got up. O'Sullivan's come up. Marty's in there as well. There's a lot of drivers that are coming in from F3. Boganovic is going to be in F3, as I'm sure you were going to mention later on. So he's not moving up. So... Yeah, it's in, it's interesting to see who's going to be there because there's there's quite a few people leaving, like you said, and it's like a lot of the people from other series that you don't normally see going into F two will probably be getting a chance. But there's a lot of the grid still to be on to be signed on, and I think that's partly because there's a lot of drivers in F two this year that have been there for three four years, getting on the older side of things by their standards. The likes of Nissani and Boshung and Deruvula to an extent. Those guys are leaving as well. Yeah, I'd be very interested to see who fills up the rest of the grid. I think it's going to be a very different grid to what we had in 2023. We're going to have a lot of drivers being rookies in this series coming into next year. 100%. I can't wait. Looking at the rest of the lineup, Primer rumored to be Oli Behrman. Uh, he's still not confirmed yet. Carling has con- uh, confirmed both of the drivers. A Maloney is retailing for his year with Carling. And also Super Formula win- winner, as mentioned in the last episode, I'm still trying to pronounce his name right. Tomorrow, Matata, I get, I will get it by the time the season <laughs> starts. He has moved to join into Carling after winning Super Formula. How do you pronounce his name, George? Uh, <laughs> Ritoma Miata. I got uh, the last name. It's just the first name throws me off a little bit. Ritomo, yeah. You know what? I can't think of another guy who's come out of super formula to go into i'd be very interested to see how he does is he if if, imagine imagine if he comes in and just absolutely wipes the floor of everybody i could imagine that imagine that best of luck to him though i think i think it's fantastic i I really i'm really interested to see how he does and you can't imagine as well because i'm just looking at this grid there's a bigger mission here martin martin's not confirmed you you think he's gotta be in there surely rook of the year i think he's a very heavy favorite to win the F two the F two championship next year. Oh, he's got to be. He's got to be fifth place. He's the high. He's the highest place returning driver, Martins. So he's got to be up there. He has to be. I didn't think it like that. That makes yeah. That even Ollie as well, finishing yeah. quite high in the standings. He's still not confirmed as well. But obviously, it's rumored that he will stay with Prema next year. You've got to figure it's a no brainer for the guy. It really has to be. He's so young as well. Like. He's another one. Ferrari have really got a good driver on their hands there. So yeah, talent coming through for sure. Yeah, we got Jack Doohan. Not Jack Doohan. 
Jack Crawford, <laughs> the other Jack, mentioned in the last episode that he is staying in Formula 2. We now know what team he has joined, and that is Dams. He is most likely replacing Owasa, as mentioned, moving into Super Formula. Rumored to join them, though, is Juan Manuel Correa. That will be his second full-time season in Formula 2, coming back after the tragic accident a few years back, but that is still not to be confirmed. Virtuosi, we have the both of the drivers confirmed. We have Formula 3 champion and McLaren-backed Brazilian driver Gabriel Bortoletto and Alpine-backed and mentored by two-time F1 champion Mika Hakkinen, Kushmaini. Now, I'm happy to see Kushmaini so consistent last season. He was also quite consistent this year without wins, but he was, for the first half of the season, was performing quite well. And we'll definitely get into that in the F2 episode, but I'm really happy he's backed now by an academy as well as staying in Formula 2. I think he could be a good contender as well for next season. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's fantastic as well. I generally thought that Daruvala a couple of years ago was going to be the guy from India to really take F2 by storm. It just seemed like it was going to happen. It just didn't. It just petered out though, unfortunately for him. But mine is on the up. That that guy could really do it. But I tell you what, he's got a very good teammate in Gabriel Bortoletto. I'll be fascinated to see how those two get on at Virtuosi next year. Yeah, because Virtuosi doesn't race in Formula 3 as well. So it's going to be quite interesting to see what the relationship is as well. Given that both of the drivers have left NP Motorsport, Dennis Hauger is staying for another year without Red Bull by his side. Franco Colapinto, the Williams Academy driver, joining him. Van Amersfoort, nothing yet. However, due to testing taking place right now in Abu Dhabi, it is rumored that Formula 3 driver Rafael Villagomez will move up for the next season alongside Enzo Fittipaldi moving from Carling now, because obviously both seats are taken. I think that's Enzo is still backed as well by Red Bull next season. It was rumored that both Enzo and Zane was going to be dropped from the Red Bull Academy, like some of the other drivers that have taken the announcements. But that I'm excited to see that that's actually going to be a true one as well because Enzo's been with Trident. He's been with three different teams, I believe, both in Formula 3 and Formula 2. And Raphael has been the staple of Van Amersfoort for Formula 3 for the last couple of seasons as well since they announced that they were coming into Formula 3. So I think it's a great move for them to have somebody that's been the history with Van Amersfoort to move over. So be interesting to see. High tech, we have nothing yet. It's rumored to be Paul Aaron, but it's been unsure. I think it's purely because of how well he performed in the high tech in the Macau Grand Prix. Amory Cordial, which I think is the biggest rumor mill so far this season, is potentially also going to high tech. I, from Vitrosi, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't see it, but we're seeing it in some of the social media posts and the rumor mills for it. But yeah, I think that's one of the biggest speculations so far. It might be true. Who knows? Um, Campos, we have both of the drivers now, both backed by Red Bull. We have Isaac Hajar. And moving from Formula 3, as mentioned, Pepe Marti. That makes a lot of sense for Pepe, given that it's Spanish-backed, and he's also raced with Campos back in Formula 4 as well, so it'll be good to have him join in with that. Trident, both rumored, it is Roman Sanic. He has said that he wants to stay in Formula 2, but is unsure about seats and funding, and Richard Vashore is potentially retaining. Now, the biggest one, the biggest team to look out for, I think, because if this is true, it's going to be wild to watch, is PHM Racing. As mentioned, Josh Dickerson from 
Paraguay has moved from Fracker to Formula 2. Because of this big jump, it is rumored that Ralph Bolshan will return <laughs> to race for PHM Racing. Now, he has been involved in Formula 2 in every single season at some point. However, two of the last seven seasons, seasons they were not full-time campaigns, but he did race at some point. He will be the oldest driver at around 26, 27. Now, I... <laughs> I guess because of experience and having somebody jump from such a big jump from Fracker to Formula 2, having one of the most experienced drivers, whether or not they're good, that's a different kind of story, might help. But again, also moving to a team that's been very unstable for the last couple of seasons as well. It used to be Shrews as well, and they disappeared with the partnership. So what's your take on it, George? Because I think it's going to be the biggest thing to watch out for next season. Yeah, for, for better or worse, uh, I think you're right there. Oshong, oh my goodness me. He was one of the drivers where I was just saying, oh yeah, no, he's been around for ages, he's too old, he's leaving the grid, and then you hit me with that rumour. Yeah, it would be very interesting. I do get the logic, I, I do understand where where they're coming from with that. And it is difficult at the end of the day, but yeah, I he has, some, he has won races, he actually won a race in 2023 in Boshong. He's a F2 race winning driver, no one could take that away from um, but consistently, a couple seasons though to get the race when he had the longest gap of race wins as well because he's been the oldest in the seasons. Yeah, the the Ricardo Patrese of F two, it's just. But the thing, sorry, that's a bit disrespectful. Patrese was a bloody good driver back in the day, but it's just one of them. Random, you see these random drivers just popping up. Oh, what's his name? Roberto Merry came back last year, didn't he? And it was just like it's just like the Steve Buscemi meme, just like how do you do, fellow kids? It's just. It is it's a random one. But at the end of the day, I do get it. But I, I don't, how old is Dirksen? Because before I saw his name pop up... I want to say on he's the, 19. He's, tw- like he's 20. So he, yeah. he's young. He's young. Let's not get away from that. He is young, but it is, it's a huge step up. That is a massive step up. Again, with the greatest respect to Dirksen, we should have seen the F1 Academy champion in, in F2 rather, rather than him with the greatest respect to the guy I'm not going to go dis- if, you, if you're really going to be serious about F1 Academy which I know is a chaff as we've had our rants about that series over the over time for them to go into Freca is yeah that, that it shouldn't be this is not the timeline we should be in right now with this this is not what should be happening so I, I'll be I'll be fascinated to see but given how bad that team was this year I, I'm not confident I'm really not confident if those rumors are true. I think funding will come into play 100%. I do understand because uh, Kimmy's point of view, because he has won, I can, and he won by margin and did have a lot of pulls and race wins. So I do understand he does have the skill. He's dubbed like the Mercedes wonder kit now because he is Mercedes backed and everything. But for Josh Fishing, P19 and Fracker, like that, to jump to Formula 2, that's. I feel like that's also disrespectful for a lot of the Formula 3 drivers who can't get into Formula 2 as well. I think that, and then obviously, as mentioned, with Marta Garcia coming in to Formula Academy, having to go to Freca, and then still, she still potentially has to do other Formula 4 races as well on top of Freca because of the season so far, and then moving into Formula 3. But wild. Speaking of Formula 3, though, not much news to talk about. We do have some interesting changes 
As mentioned, all three premises have still been confirmed. Nothing comes from there. However, Gregor Saucy has decided to leave the realm of formula racing to go to World Endurance in the LMGT3 class with United Autosports. I think that's a good move for him. He didn't win the championship. He faltered off and on through the season, and he was the most experienced Formula 3 driver this season. So I think it's a great move to maybe see about other disciplines. And who knows, maybe he might get a shot coming into Formula 4, Formula 4, Formula 2. But I think this is also a good move for him, for his career, because it seemed very stagnant with not much progression. Who else? Oh, Charlie Woods, uh, son of F1 driver Alexander Woods. And I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, I think. He has announced that he is driving in Formula 3 next year and will be driving for Genza. This is off the back of a interesting Macau Grand Prix where he was racing in Formula 3, non-point championship. Interesting to say, he's the only driver from Genza to be announced so far. But yeah, four drivers of the grids only announced. We still have testing's coming up very soon as well in the new year, so... No doubt the next couple episodes will be a whole bunch of F3 announcements more than the F2 announcements, but what's your take on Formula 3 not having much of the announcements done so far? I think it's probably a bit of a knock-on from F2 not having a lot of their grids set because a lot of these guys, if you were one of these young kids in F3 and seeing how many of your fellow people in the series have gone up to F2 for next year, you'd be holding out. You'd be like, there could be an interest from these guys or whatever, so... I think it's probably just a knock on from that. As soon as as soon as the F2 grid is set or mostly set, I imagine these guys will be like, "Oh yeah, no, I always wanted to sign with you. I, I promise. I, I didn't want to go to F2. No, I wouldn't stay here with you guys. I love you. I promise." I mean, yeah, we're expecting a lot more of the grid, and it's a massive grid. I think there's thirty cars on the grid, something like that. So there's a lot of seats, twenty six seats still to decide. So a lot of these guys who are not signed up to F2 or of a series are going to be re-signed. The, last, the likes of Seb Montoya, I imagine, that's a name that I love from growing up, obviously from his dad. Saucy, like you mentioned as well, I think that's a fair enough move for him. I will miss him purely on the fact that he's, I love his last name. That I just absolutely love the fact his last name is Saucy. I think that's fantastic. And I hope we see Christian Mansell back as well. I'm sure it's something you've probably mentioned at some point. The fact that he is diabetic and racing in F3, I think that is wonderful. And in his own words, they've corrected his flag now. He is Australian officially in the championship because I actually thought he was British. And then he opened his mouth just, oh, you are definitely not from around here. (laughs) So they managed to correct that now because, so yeah, I remember just before one of the press conferences in Silverstone, he had some very choice words about them not of not doing this. I've got an Australian license. What are you doing? Basically, probably not a nice term. Yeah, we'll see a lot of these guys resign for next year. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Even when it was announced about Joshua, if you look on Wikipedia or even on online, it looks like the Dutch flag as well. A bit it's different format, but a quick glance, it's the same colors. But obviously, Paraguayan flag has a symbol in the center. But obviously, if the image is so small, it goes a little bit unnoticed. So. I was quite, it's quite interesting to see, but yeah, I'm, it'll be quite, I'm I'm excited for the seasons. I think we're going to get a lot more Freca drivers moving up. It's the biggest roadmap moving from Freca Formula 4 into Formula 3 and Formula 2. Maybe even some of the old F1 Academy drivers might even get those seats, which that'll be even worse, I think, for the champion (laughs) having to start from Freca. But if money talks, unfortunately, that's how it is sometimes. 
We do also have some F1 Academy news, but we will discuss it in our next episode as we're waiting to hear some more of the lineups. But yeah, Formula Talk is available on YouTube where episodes are posted after our recordings. So you can also catch us on Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Cast. Just search F1 Grid Talk for our back catalog of our previews, reactions to qualifying race results in Formula One and also for the episodes of Formula Talk. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure you are subscribed and following us so you're first to know when each new episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more uh, Formula Talk content. We still have to cover the F1 Academy season as a whole, the Formula 2 season as a whole, Formula 3. And also, we got some racing coming up quite soon. Formula E starts in January as well, so we'll have some content to start in the new season. But definitely take a listen. We're still going to be posting episodes in the off season so make sure you are following us but we'll be back soon with plenty more content thank you george for joining me as always my pleasure Sophia. thanks for having us and thank you for listening bet online is our sponsor for formula talk this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a lexus suv a feeling this empowering is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.